What's going on, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. I am David Hassagan, and with me today, of course, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, how are those Giants practices going for you? Good, man. It's, you know, it's it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm glad it's almost coming to an end. Training camp is probably going to break soon, and it's back to the regular schedule. Finally, back to the regular schedule, which for you is, I mean, for a normal person is a crazy schedule, but for you, you know, it, it's the norm. Uh, folks, if you want to follow all of Emery's exploits, both in the NFL, college football, and his opinions on everything, don't forget that you can follow him and myself on Twitter. Go to follow at FBallGamePlan for Emery and at David underscore Hassan for myself. If you want to listen back to all of our podcasts, this is the Southland preview for 2019, but we've already done the SoCon all the way back to the big sky. You can go to iTunes or SoundCloud for that search football game plan in the podcast section if you want to catch up on all of those previews. The SWAC preview will be coming up in a couple of days, so keep an ear out for that. And our big preview will be coming out early next week before the FCS kickoff game between Colgate and Villanova on the 24th of August. So keep an ear out for that as well. Don't forget, you can also go to footballgameplan.com and youtube.com slash footballgameplan. Emory has all the breakdowns of this year's freshman classes. We'll have preview videos, the FCS, and the newly formed... Well, should I tease it? now? Nah, I'll let it go. The FCS whip around will be back again for another season, we hope. Uh, so we keep an ear out for that as well. Uh, again, folks, we... we Emery, I got to ask, though, do you have the proper attire for this podcast? <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, nice and comfortable and almost as comfortable as the fans out there should be once they get their hands on the go-go offense. And they can pre-order that book at <laughs> footballgameplan.com slash go-go offense. Offensive coordinator Brennan Marion of William & Mary is going through the ins and outs of his explosive offense that's tearing up the college football fields and lighting up the scoreboards. And he's giving you all of what you need to know about the offense. And you can find that book at footballgameplan.com slash gogooffense. Pre-orders are now because the book releases on the 25th of August. You heard it, folks. Order it now, the GoGo Offense for footballgameplan.com. Um, you know, we're going out to the Southland Conference, Emory. So I've I've got my cowboy hat on. You know, I've got the, got the spurs ready to go because we're going into the wild, wild west that is – uh, the Southland Conference, and last year was no exception, an absolutely crazy season. Um, but before we talk about the positives what happened in this conference, we got to talk about kind of the overall negative, because it felt that last year, we always talk about the top three conferences. We talk about the CAA and the Missouri Valley being the top two, and then there's always that third conference, and it kind of rotates. And for a few years ago, maybe starting to change over last two seasons, it was the Southland until the Big Sky came in. It really felt like the Southland took a big step back in terms of the national picture last year and kind of lost that third position to the Big Sky. Yeah, I mean, and normally we we're talking about these teams in the top 10. You know, you're talking about your Sam Houston States, your your McNeese State, Central Arkansas is usually up there. But last year we saw Nichols emerge and, and become a premier team in, in the FCS. So it was a little bit of the changing of the guard. Incarnate Word, like you talked about, gets into the playoffs, and, and they went on a nice little run in a regular season. So we saw we saw teams kind of take a step forward. Some took a step back. And it should make for an exciting 2019 in the Southland. It certainly will be. And last year was certainly a big one as well. 
Really only one team held on to the top spot, though, from uh, two seasons ago, and that was Nichols. They finished 9-4 and four, uh, on the year 7-2 in conference play. A really an impressive season, but we shouldn't really be surprised. Nichols was built for success for the long term. Because they've recruited well, and that's something that I always talk about in all of the podcasts. You have to recruit. That's the lifeblood of college football. Head coach Tim Rebo is a fantastic coach, and recruiting in that area, you know, you're, you're Nichols, and you're sandwiched in between Tulane, which is, you know, 45 minutes east in New Orleans, LSU, which is about 45 minutes to the due north of, of uh, Thibodeau, Louisiana. University of Louisiana is about an hour and 15 due west. So you're in between that area. And you also have to recruit in that southwestern part of the state yeah. against McNeese State, who's also in the same conference. So shout out to Coach Tim Rebo building that program he he's an inside out type of a guy so their offensive line was good we know their defensive line was stellar um and he returned another, a key player in sunny lake leach uh outstanding defensive lineman who was a premier freshman prospect that they were able to bring in and he's developed nicely he's been a perennial all-conference performer so when you're getting homegrown talent developing that homegrown talent and we saw them put a guy in, in the nfl last year and uh uh, Damian Jean-Pierre, who's now with the, I want to say he's with the Baltimore Ravens or uh, Cincinnati Bengals, I believe. But he's he's in the NFL, uh, making his way through the training camp and and uh, you know trying to make that team. So, Coach Rebo recruiting, developing. Not surprising that that Nichols team was as good as it was last year. Keep in mind, this was a team that nearly beat Georgia a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. You know, that game went down to the last drive in the fourth quarter. So they've been doing it the right way, and I like what they're building down there. Well, let's talk about other teams that have been building up the right way. Because last this this past season in the Southland, we saw a really big power shift. Whether it's a one-year thing or a lasting thing, we're not sure yet. But McNeese State, down year 6-5. and five. Sam Houston State, down year at 6-5. and five. Central Arkansas, down year 6-5. and five. And yet, here comes Incarnate Word, goes 6-2 and two in conference play and makes the postseason. Lamar goes seven and five. Uh, you saw Abilene Christian took a big step forward, six and five this year. Northwestern State was five and six and four and five in conference. I think we're in the middle of a major power shift, or do you think that was a one-year operation last year in the Southland? Well, I think you're seeing all the teams starting to get up to speed now. You know, these are teams that are in fertile recruiting grounds. So you shouldn't be surprised to see a team in Louisiana, in south, southeast Texas, have some success and start to get you know, some some uh, some life in this conference. I think it's just, you know, more fun added to the party, which was already a great party to, to begin with because of the amount mm -hmm. of teams in the South. Like, again, think about it. You just talked about Sam Houston State, Central Arkansas. Stephen of Austin usually has explosive offenses. You also talked about McNeese. Um, and now you're talking about Abilene Christian. You're talking about Lamar. You talk about Incarnate Word. These are new additions to the to the conference not too long ago. You know, right. some to football not too long ago in Lamar and Incarnate Word. So, yes, this is just more fun to the party. I'm excited to see what Houston Baptist can do to grow and catch up to what Incarnate Word was able to do in such a short period of time. So, again, fertile recruiting, recruiting round, great coaching. And, you know, it just makes this it's actually doing a great job of strengthening the conference as a whole, because, you know, nationally, a lot of people probably look at the Southland and say, well, it's top-heavy. It's not really a deep conference. They don't play nobody. You know, that's a favorite excuse of a lot yep. of people. 
Uh, but now you can't say that because any one of these teams can beat you on any given Saturday. I think that's the that's the one thing that the Southland definitely improved on last year as a conference. There was certainly the depth was proved uh, last year, at least in conference play. Uh, but a ton of teams over 500 overall, not just in the conference. Let's talk about some of those players coming back. And we got to start with Incar- Incarnate Word and what an incredible story they were last year. And that starts with who was a John Copeland, a true freshman last year. Usually we don't look a lot at the completion percentage. But with, with Copeland, I think we have to. Because 208 completions over 268 passes, that's incredible. Never mind throwing for just short of 3,000 yards. And 22 touchdowns. He did have 13 picks, but as a freshman, you expect that. But Copeland could be a breakout star in the Southland this season. Mitchell Watanabe of Sam Houston State, the offensive lineman, got his fifth year of eligibility. He's a pro prospect, a legit NFL prospect. And if Sam Houston State is going to do anything, we know it's going to be on the heels of their offensive line being able to protect, and that way they can throw the football, and their defensive line being able to get pressure, because we know pressure is king in the Southland Conference. So they get a bonus by getting Wontanabe back on his roster at the left tackle spot. He dealt with some injuries last year. He should be healthy, ready to go. And that's another key piece of their offense that, you know, we know will put up points. Another big offensive player to watch. I think it's got to be Luke Anthony, though, the junior quarterback from Abilene Christian. Again, this was a school that really came out of nowhere last year to have some success. And Anthony was a big part of it. Uh, Threw for just over 3,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, and nine picks. Uh, He's going now into his junior season, so he's going into the second half of his college career. The question is, how much further can he drive Abilene Christian forward going into 2019? You talk quarterbacks, you have to bring up Nichols' quarterback and Chase Forcade, outstanding QB, good leader, led these guys into the playoffs two years in a row. And you also bring up Sheldon Epler of Northwestern State. He's playing for... Um, a, a former quarterback in Brad Laird, a, a record-setting quarterback at Northwestern State. And you have two premier QBs in the state of Louisiana. You know, that that's going to renew that rivalry and, and make, you know, uh, the football, the Southland football in Louisiana much more enjoyable to watch. And also Chase and Virgil, another one from southeastern Louisiana. So you got three bona fide studs at QB in the Southland, in the state of Louisiana, it should be fun to watch. So the quarterback playing the Southland, I think, is going to be, you know, huge this year. Yeah, it's going to be a huge story. But let's talk about it, the spot that kind of gets overlooked in the Southland. That's anywhere on defense. But Royce C., the linebacker from Sam Houston State, 80 tackles last year, 12 tackles for loss, and six sacks. There are certainly defensive prospects in this league. They just get overlooked because of the mind-blowing offensive numbers that are put up in this conference. But Roy C., I think, has a, a chance to become a big factor for Sam Houston in their resurgence this season. Well, we talked about Sully, Sully Leach earlier for Nichols, defensive lineman, senior. But Kobe Burton out of McNeese, outstanding corner. Uh, B.J. Blunt was, a, was the guy last year. He's now with the Washington Redskins. And Kobe Burton, I think, has a chance to follow in his footsteps by getting to a postseason All-Star game. We saw Blunt last year in the uh, Shrine game. And Burton has lockdown capability, good ball skills, good instincts. So I'm excited to see what he can do this season. Absolutely. We'll certainly keep an eye on all of those players for 2019. Again, folks, this is the 2019 Southland Conference preview here on the FCS Opening Drive podcast presented by Football Game Plan. Let's talk about some of the new faces that are coming into the conference this year, Emery. And we're going to start with two new coaches. And that starts with Sterling Gilbert, who takes over McNeese State, who 
two years ago thought that he probably should have had a playoff playoff bid and they were, got snubbed. Last year they underperformed and that led to a coaching change. But Sterling Gilbert comes in as the offensive coordinator from USF. That was his last job for the last couple seasons. Certainly some pedigree here for this guy, though. Absolutely. And he's inheriting what I like to call a blue blood program in the FCS. We've seen McNeese, you know, be a very potent top five team in the subdivision for quite some time. And so just judging by the reports I've been reading coming out of, you know, fall camp, this team looks like they're going to be one to surprise again this upcoming year, despite people not talking much about McNeese State, which is weird to me because, again, they're one of the blue bloods in the, in the FCS. And Sterling Gilbert, you talk about a, a guy with who's only 41 years old but has such a pedigree. He actually just celebrated his birthday two days ago uh, when we were recording this, so shout-out to Coach Gilbert. Happy birthday. But already at 41, he's been the OC at Eastern Illinois, Bowling Green, Tulsa, Texas, and South Florida. This is his first college head coaching job. He's in, in a head coach of two different high school programs, one in Georgia, one in Texas. So this is going to be his first college head coaching job, and we certainly wish him the best with that season. The other new quarterback, to, uh, new uh, head coach, excuse me, to come in this season is at Stephen F. Austin, who uh, kind of had a rough year last year, two and eight, two and seven, and go to Colby Carthel uh, as the new head coach, who has spent the last, since 2013, he's been the head coach of West of uh, Texas A&M Commerce, who has become a major powerhouse. This could be just the head coach needed for Stephen F. Austin to get back to the top. We've seen this blueprint before. Adam Durrell was a Division II coaching juggernaut uh, before going to Abilene Christian. And people wondered, why would you leave, you know, where you, where you were dominant to join a team that was kind of mediocre? And we saw what he did last year uh, with, this, with this program as far as, you know, he's got, he was, that was the second year, I believe, he was able to get in there, get some recruits in, and then coach these guys up. Cartho was doing some great work at Texas A&M Commerce, producer, pro player, and quarterback Luis Perez. And this is one of these sleeping giant programs. My dad's from Nacogdoches, Texas, and they love their Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks out there. Um, and if he can get one, if he can steal one of those wins in a battle of the Piney Woods, you know, he's going to, he'd never have to buy another drink in <laughs> Nacogdoches, you know. So, but he inherits a program that seems to find ways to recruit Good players. Uh, John Franklin Myers was a guy that, you know, got to the combine and got drafted. He's with the Los Angeles Rams. So we've seen players coming from Stephen F. Austin make the pro game. And again, you're recruiting in Texas. Stephen F. Austin has some cash in the FCS. It won't be long before they're getting getting back up to the top. By the way, random fun fact here, folks. And if you're a football nerd like Emery and I, you'll love this one. Both of the new head coaches in the Southland were teammates at Angelo State University. Uh, they were actually on the same team. One was up at the, uh, I believe, on offense. One was on defense. But they are both alumni from Angelo State. Uh, Which is so in Texas. Both, both Rams. So very interesting uh, side note there. But we wish good luck to both of the first-year coaches uh, in the Southland going into 2019. Let's talk about some of the storylines, though, Emery. And we mentioned the quarterback play. How many pro prospects do you think are in this conference at the quarterback position? There's got to be a, a handful here. Man, at the quarterback position right now on my preseason list, I have four. Um, so there's mm -hmm. a bunch. Like I said earlier, the quarterback position is going to be what one thing to watch in the Southland this year. I would also say 
you know, what can teams like Lamar, Incarnate Word, and also um, Abilene Christian, what can they do for encores? We mm, saw that yes. we, we got a taste last year. You know, we got two playoff teams out of Lamar and also Incarnate Word. Can they sustain success? How can they handle success? How can they handle now being the hunted and not the hunter? So yes. that's something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on this season. You're going to look at for the continued success. I'm going to look for the bounce back. I think all eyes are going to be on the three programs uh, we mentioned earlier, McNeese State, Sam Houston State, and Central Arkansas. Uh, Sam Houston, especially, this is a team that's usually ranked in the preseason top 10 uh, in terms of the FCS stats poll, and they just fell so far off the map uh, last year. They are, they are ranked again this year, but at 23, that's usually not where they're sitting. They're usually in the top 10 or top 15, uh, but for them, McNeese and Central Arkansas, the question is, which of these programs is more equipped to bounce back and actually be back in contention for Nichols? And it's going to be a packed field this year i mean you're looking at possibly six or seven maybe even eight teams that could challenge for the title this season keep an eye on houston baptist and that's something that's another key storyline that i'm going to be watching as well they were one and ten last year oh and eight in conference play at some point you're going to have to make moves going forward we saw this with incarnate word they made some positive strides and found themselves in the playoffs last year and found themselves with some pro players, you know, um, mm. out here in, in uh, New York, there's a, there's an incarnate word on both giant and the jets squads. So that's something that we've seen this program do. I want to see if Houston Baptist can, can do that. They're in Houston and you know how you're, you know, you're able to recruit in that area. That's a metropolitan area. So you should have your wealth of your options there. You can, yes, you're competing with Houston. You're competing with rice. You're competing with Prairie View. That's not too far away. Mm. Sam, uh, San Antonio is, a, you know, maybe two hours down the road. So, yeah, you're, I mean, basically you're competing with everybody in Texas. So, especially when you're in Houston. You just want to see if Houston Baptist uh, can can make strides and become, if not a playoff team, become that flying the ointment team instead of becoming, instead of, you know, being a perennial doormat in, in the Southland. Certainly we're going to watch that. Let's get into some of the big games in the Southland Conference, a very large conference. There's not many out-of-conference uh, games on the schedule for these teams, actually. Usually only one or two. But I'm going to start with a very interesting one that I think could be a really telling game early on, and that's in Week 1, McNeese State hosting Southern. Uh, and we'll talk about Southern, of course, in the next podcast when we talk about the SWAC. But Southern stepped up going 7-4 and four last year. They're a program on the rise in the SWAC. I want to see if McNeese is making that same rise in the Southland. Could be a very interesting ball game. That's going to be a lot of yellow and blue in that game. <laughs> too um, much yellow and blue. Too much yellow and blue in that in that game. So uh, I'm looking at September 28th. You have Northwestern State playing host of Southeastern Louisiana. That's a that's a key game because if you if you're looking at it in the middle of that, uh, Northwestern State has LSU, but they should be theoretically uh three and one when they get to southeastern louisiana and so if they're able to take care of business it sets the table for them to to really make a serious run in conference play and if you're southeastern louisiana that's a pivotal game for you as well so you know you look at that juncture of the season late september they they have a tougher slate southeast louisiana southeastern louisiana and you know they may need this game to really 
get back to neutral and say, you know what, we are a good football team because they open up with what Jacksonville State. Um, then they have, I'm looking at the schedule here, they have Bethune Cookman. That's a tough game. Ole Miss, Lamar, and then they travel to Northwestern State. So Southeastern Louisiana has a tougher schedule. This will be the first, I think, true test for Northwestern State. Should be a big game. Northwestern State, folks, by the way, their first four games, they got the LSU game away. UT Martin in week one, Midwestern State in week two. That's their only home game. And then after the LSU game away at Baton Rouge, they play Houston Baptist um, away in Texas in Houston. Um, I'm going to take a look at the games where you're going to start to see the teams that came up last year against the teams that went down. And that starts really in week three. Abilene Christian at Central Arkansas, the, per- the Mike McCarthy's beloved Purple Bears uh, fell off dramatically last season from what we expect from them. Abilene Christian took a big step forward. Again, where do these teams moving up fit and where do the teams moving down fit? We'll start to see that right away in week three. Sam Houston State opens up against New Mexico August 31st at New Mexico. That's a game that could be a potential upset uh, waiting to happen. I like Nathan Stewart, the wide receiver for Sam Houston State. I think he's another pro player. Been fantastic since his freshman season. So that game in the opener, and another one of these games that that it looks like it should be a, a must. I mean, an easy W for a team. But Sam Houston, I'm sorry, Stephen F. Austin, September seventh against Tarleton State. First of all, a lot of purple in that game as well. Both teams wear purple. Tarleton State has a running back in Xavier Turner that's now playing with the Seattle Seahawks. Also had EJ Speed drafted last year by the Indianapolis Colts. True. And guess what? They have three pro prospects currently on that Tarleton State Texans team. So that right there, my friend, is not going to be a cakewalk for Stephen F. Austin. That's a big game. How long until Tarleton State do you think moves up to FCS? You could, uh, to be honest, you could look at any one of those schools in the Lone Star Conference in Division Two, that that Texas conference, mm-hmm. uh, and Pick and choose. Hell, you got Texas A&M Commerce, um, which was in a championship game a few years ago. You have Tarleton State putting guys out in the NFL. We talked about Angelo State having the ties with the two coaches here. So that conference, the Lone Star Conference, I think is one of the better ones in Division Two. So any one of those teams can jump in the Southland right now and probably compete. Again, folks, there's a, the Southland is one of the more intriguing conferences because there are so many in conference games, it's a thick, it's a fast, it's a really kind of a brutal schedule. How about uh, we talk about in Nichols South. in that regard? You talk about a brutal schedule. Yeah. Their first four games are on the road. Yeah. Kansas and State, Prairie View, Stephen F. Austin, and Texas State. Kansas State against uh, the former King of the Bison up there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in Manhattan and that one for sure. But uh, certainly games throughout the year. The, the Southland is really... I mean, again, you want to compare FBS to FCS, this is the Big 12. It's the Wild West, as we said before. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. Emery, what is your hot take for the Southland Conference? There's so many. I mean, because there's so many teams, you could you could essentially have a hot take for everybody. But I think the hottest of hot takes, I believe, I don't even think this is a hot take. I just firmly believe that teams improve over a year in certain areas, certain aspects of their game. Yeah. Northwestern State makes the playoffs. Really? Well, last year we last year we saw Lamar and Incarnate Word. Either one of those two would have been a a, a flambe hot take. I think my hot take last year was a, <laughs> uh, was that Abilene Christian was going to uh, have a winning season. I think that was my hot take. And um, 
or make the playoffs. I think that was a hot take last year, but they had a winning season. So this year, I think Northwestern State makes the playoffs. I like Shane Epler, Shelton Epler, I'm sorry. I like, you know, what they have on re- returning along the line of scrimmage. I know their defense was a question mark, serious question mark, to put it lightly. I just think improvement over a year with the returning starters is evident in conjunction with their offense being what it is. is, is I don't care that Jazz Ferguson left early and is now starring with the Seahawks in rookie camps. Um, mm-hmm. I think Northwestern State makes the playoffs. I'm going to go with another team that was kind of an afterthought from last year, and that is Southeast Louisiana. Four and seven last year, four and five in conference play. Southeast Louisiana will not make the postseason, but they will cause other teams to not make the postseason. They are going to be the fly in the ointment this year, and I think in their last three games, they will go 3-0 and against Central Arkansas, Abilene Christian, and Nichols and knock at least two of those teams out of the postseason, and Southeast Louisiana finishes above 500 this year. They just miss out, just miss out on a postseason berth. But I think impossible six, maybe even seven win season is possible for Southeastern Louisiana. That was a layered hot take. I was waiting for the hot part of the take because you were like, oh, they're going to be a, <laughs> a, a good team. Like, I mean, duh. Like, you know, and then you slowly start to turn the heat up. Um, but the fact that you, you're saying they're going to beat one of those three teams two of the at three. the end, two of the two three are going to knock them out the playoffs. So that's interesting. That's where the take got hot. So. There we go. See, I, I saved it for the end. It, it, it yeah, was a you, slow burn. It, it was, was slow it was burn. a slow burn. It was like, whoa, like <laughs> this is not a hot take. This is another patented Dave, lukewarm, playing both sides <laughs> of the fence take. I'm 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 either I'm either at one end of the spectrum or the other here with these hot takes, folks. They're either according to everybody, they're either a you know cool ranch Dorito hot take, <laughs> right. and then they go all the way to the habanero, souffle, flambe, whatever you want, far end of the spectrum. Uh, folks, that's going to do it here for the Southland Conference preview for 2019. Only one more preview to go in terms of the conference, and that is the SWAC. So keep an ear out for that. And again, next Tuesday, we will be brought, recording the big 2019 preview. We are hoping to have our uh, our good friend Craig Haley on the podcast. So hopefully uh, we can get him on for a good segment to talk about the whole national spectrum for FCS for 2019. Shout out uh, to Craig Haley. Who, it, by the way, we are acknowledged, by the way, in the uh, FCS stats poll. If you go to the bottom, there are the top 25 voters, and we are both included. So, Craig, thank you very much for all of you, along with all of the other uh, like dozens and dozens, close to a couple hundred voters for the poll, uh, all mentioned there. Uh, but that will be recorded hope, early next week on Tuesday. We, are, we'll re, we will be releasing that either Tuesday or Wednesday, perhaps Thursday, uh, depending on how busy we get with all the football coming up, but it will be out before the FCS kickoff game. Again, that is next Saturday. It's already, it's almost here, folks. Villanova at Colgate, the opening game of the FCS season. So keep an eye out for that, but we will have our preview out in time for that, along with the SWAC preview. And again, you can go to footballgameplan.com, order the GoGo Offense book while you're there, pre-order the book, and you can watch all the videos there as well as youtube.com slash football game plan. Emery, got anything else to add? That's it, man. Listen, the FCS is is slowly approaching August 24th. We have, you know, a kickoff. Villanova Colgate's going to be exciting. 
going to be fun, folks. Again, thank you for listening in. If you want to follow us on Twitter, follow me at, at David underscore Hassagan and follow Emery at FBall Game Plan. For now, thanks for listening in, and we'll be back with the SWAC in a couple days.